0: Welcome to a special series here on the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast called She is Uncompromising. Women are constantly told to sacrifice ambition in order to have the rich family life that we all deserve. That's a lie. When we quietly accept this lie, we kill an important part of ourselves and our destiny. We compromise who we are until we end up unhappy and failing to fulfill God's plan for our life. Total life success means the baby and the business the thriving marriage, and the growing company, purpose and profit, destiny, and dedication to the path that is predestined for you. It's whatever makes you happy, whole, and fulfilled. My latest book, She is Uncompromising, reveals the hard-won lessons and spiritual truths that can help all women take control of their lives. It's filled with poignant scriptures, intimate stories, practical exercises, and it's a must have blueprint for building an unbreakable foundation of faith, family, and abundance. You can grab your copy today at tatumtamiya.comslash book or click the link in the show notes. Over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be sitting down with people who exemplify this same message by being uncompromising in their own life. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast and another installment of our She is Uncompromising series where I sit down and talk to women that I've been able to glean from and I just respect their uh, being uncompromising in their own journey. So today we are talking to coach Leah Huggins. Leah is a client of Anchored Media and uh, her podcast is all about marriage, motherhood, and PTSD. And I wanted to talk to you, Leah, because I really admire your commitment to being uncompromising about still seeing God through a diagnosis, still seeing God's best when something as heavy as PTSD is a part of your life. And I wanted to talk to you here because even if somebody is not experiencing PTSD specifically, we all go through things. And a lot of times these these stamps or these diagnoses or things of that nature can get really heavy and hard to navigate through. And so I wanted to talk to you here to learn a bit more about your journey and so people could be able to learn from you and be inspired by you. So let's start where, are you and your husband both in the military? Yes. Um, first of all, thank you for having me on. I'm so excited. Um, yes. Uh, we were both active
2: duty. Um, he has retired. I separated um, after uh, two, I think it was uh, two times that I did. So eight years. I did eight years uh, in the military. We're both Navy. Um, thank you for your service. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I like it better on this side. as a dependent.
0: <laughs> I can still get the benefits, but now I have to go in and do all the work. <laughs> Awesome. So who has the PTSD diagnosis? I don't think I know this. Mm -hmm. We actually both do. Um, Both of us do. Now his, uh, came from, uh, well, of course
2: PTSD is not just affiliated with being in, in the war in the military. Um, but he was actually diagnosed first with the PTSD. Um, he did go to war twice, um, to Iraq um and uh when he came back we didn't notice anything right away but after a while um it started to come up and once he finally got the diagnosis we knew what we were dealing with um mm-hmm. for myself um i did not realize i had ptsd <laughs> um but over time uh, there's a whole story behind that but uh, when it was finally brought to my attention that that could be the case i went to the va and got checked out and sure mm-hmm. enough that's exactly
0: what it was um but yeah we both So what are some signs of PTSD? And can you explain for those who don't know what it is? Mm -hmm. Mm
2: -hmm. Sure, of course, PTSD is gonna be post-traumatic stress disorder. So um, that is brought on, it's a result of trauma, of having experienced some type of trauma. Um, And trauma can be one event that happened, um, or it can be a series of events or a series Mm -hmm. of exposure to something that is harmful to you. and so that's that's pretty much what trauma is. As far as the PTSD goes, it is a result of having gone through that experience. Mm-hmm. Um, as I said with my husband, we didn't know right away that that is what we were dealing with. Um, with him, like like I said, he went to war twice. After he came back the first time, one thing that he did different, with, which I noticed right away, was that he was pacing. He paced a lot. He, he didn't get a lot of sleep. He would be up in the middle of the night pay, pacing and walking around, you know? And I just thought, okay, he's had a hard time. I know he's been to war, <laughs> so, okay, I, I get it. Um And um, in as time went on, um, just different things started coming up. Um, of course, we dealt with the coping me- mechanisms with him, uh, his drinking. Uh, it got more heavy. We argued a ton. <laughs> we argued a ton, mm-hmm. and um, it it was just a lot of issues that we had going on. Um, as far as me, um, I did not realize I had PTSD until um, I we had been going through a lot in our marriage period. Um, and my I was in the car one day, and I was listening to this Christian talk radio station, and this lady called in and she was, you know, basically trying to get help uh, for her situation and wondering what she needs to do about her husband. And the host, you know, she started describing her situation. I'm like, man, that sounds a lot like what I'm going. Mm
1: -hmm. So the
2: host made a suggestion and said, you know, I I know you're calling about him, but have you considered getting help for yourself? Because there's a lot of times that um, we have what's called secondary PTSD, which is, having your own traumatic experience based on what you go through, caring for somebody that has actually experienced trauma and going through PTSD themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it rang a bell for me and I mm-hmm. ended up going to get checked out. And that's exactly what it was. Um, is that I did have, I was, you know, experiencing PTSD. Um, and then also, as I said, it's not just having been to war or, or having been through certain experience, you know, certain, stressful experiences. Um, and it can happen over time. And so for me, uh, one of the things that came up today, as a matter of fact, that I'm realizing that there were some things that I experienced in the military that I hadn't even been aware of the effect that it had on. Me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there was, I'm, I'm a double minority, I'm a woman, and I'm African American. And so being uh, a black woman in the field that I was in, I'm in the construction field. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of us <laughs> in there at the time I was in. There's not a lot of us that were in, and the amount of things that I went through, you know, certain having to prove myself, uh, disrespect. There's, there's, you know, of course, there's uh, harassment, sexual harassment, all kinds of things that happen um, that we just don't realize how it affects us. And today, <laughs> after a conversation I had today, I'm
0: realizing, man, that added to the trauma that I've experienced. So, yeah. yeah. So initially your diagnosis came from secondary PTSD due, to, due to your husband. Correct. Yes. Yep. So how does that happen? Because that's interesting to me thinking about it, how you can develop a diagnosis based off of someone mm-hmm. that you're in close proximity to and essentially your trauma from their trauma. So what right. were some signs that Um, you recognized about yourself when you were listening to that caller on the radio show that made it click Mm -hmm. like I say our stories were were
2: mirrored they mirrored each other you know it was pretty much the same story um with her she was dealing with um I don't want to say a toxic home environment but essentially (laughs) that's what it was um a toxic home environment I had I knew that something was wrong with me. I didn't feel the same. I'm usually a happy, cheerful person. Um, and I just was not myself. Um, I had depression, even though I did not have a name for it. Um, I I know, I know now, looking back, that's what it was. I was depressed. I didn't feel like going anywhere. I didn't wanna be around other people. Um, and I thought at first I was blaming, you know what, I'm sorry. Let me stop this story and let me backtrack. One mm-hmm. thing I want to say is that PTSD is not the cause of all the problems in your relationship, so I want to put that out there because a lot of people say, Well, he has PTSD, he's always, you know, angry, he's upset about something, and he takes it out on me. So, I will say what PTSD does is to highlight the issues that you're having, um, in your relationship. We both came into the relationship with our own set of problems, mm-hmm. and so. PTSD kind of messes with your ability to regulate <laughs> your emotions mm-hmm. and to be able to, to control your 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 emotions and your thoughts and, and your words and the way that you say things. So um that was where we were is that I was having problems um it, it, with dealing with the way that things come off. He's a little bit more aggressive than I am. And that's just personality wise. He's a little mm-hmm. bit more aggressive. And so you know. At that time, we were in a place where it was just, it was hard. <laughs> it was hard to, to get along. We, we couldn't get along. We had fights and arguments all the time. And it was just the ugly time. And in myself, I was depressed. I was sad. Um, I didn't want to be around anybody because I didn't know how things were going to be at the house. And then I didn't want to, um, I didn't want to be around anybody else because I didn't, I just felt alone. I was isolated. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and also, I could tell in my weight, <laughs> my weight was going up um, because I was not engaging. I wasn't out. I was stress eating, you know, and um, it was it was just a, a hard time.
0: So how did your faith impact this? Were you already saved or did you get saved after the diagnosis what was that that relationship with God like during this initial phase so it was a journey it was mm-hmm. a journey I was born and raised in church
2: and I always I that was that was my core I, I knew God um, but I tell you it was not until I came to the church that I'm at that I really connected <laughs> my my everyday life and my faith you know of course I knew I knew the Bible, I went to Sunday school all the time, I can tell you all the stories, but I really, I would say I didn't have a relationship. I didn't have a relationship with God um, in the way that I should have. Um, I knew he was there, I knew he was God, but I didn't know him as Abba, Abba Father, you know, Mm -hmm. Daddy God, I didn't know him as that. And so um, I actually, I started my journey you know, uh, uh, I started my journey to faith um, just as something personal that I wanted to do. I just felt a pull that, OK, I need to start going to this church. I had found a new church to go to. Um, I I enjoyed the services. I wanted the Holy Ghost. It was my first Pentecostal church. <laughs> I wanted the Holy Ghost. <laughs> and um, I was just I was intrigued, you know, um, and I just felt a pull. I knew that I wanted that for myself. Um, and so I just began to go. I didn't miss any services. I wanted to be there every time the doors were open. And it actually helped that my husband was on deployment at the time. Um, and so I kind of had the time to go on and do that. It was just me and the kids. Um, so I took them with me and and we were there all the time. And that began the relationship you know, with God and me studying. Um, and then I ended up like I say, I was, I ended up listening to Christian radio, which I didn't do <laughs> back in, in in the day, Um, but I was listening to the Christian radio station. And that's when I heard that interview. And so that kind of, it, it really helped me to say, okay, I need to work on this particular issue in my life. But it was like, once I got everything aligned with God, then everything else lined up with it.
0: Uh, so it was a journey. It wasn't just one thing. That's awesome. It's God is so. I love just hearing people's stories because God is so intentional. Yeah. As you were growing in your relationship, He started to get you to highlight or started to highlight for you certain yeah. areas of your life. And then even seeing what you're doing now, it's God is just so good and how He does yeah. things, so strategic. So after you got this diagnosis and you and your husband both realized that it's, post-traumatic stress disorder that you're dealing with and you talked about going to the VA and uh, utilizing those resources. How did you utilize your faith to work through your trauma? Because many of us, like I love how you said it before that trauma is something we all experience. It's not exclusive to the military. Like We have childhood trauma. We have trauma things that we go through in our life and utilizing our faith is a big part of that. So what did that look like for you? Yep. So like I said, I just made my faith the actual core
2: of everything that I did. Um I did a lot of studying and a lot of reading. I I listened to a lot of YouTube <laughs> until until you know I, I got grounded myself. But I, I did um just a lot of self-work. Um I first had to get my identity set. I had to find out who I was. Mm-hmm. Um and and I wanted I originally started out trying to find out what am I here for what am I supposed to do in life (laughs) you know but you can't serve and be broken (laughs) you know I, I was broken I had to come and sit and actually get myself together um there was stuff that you know um I just needed to work on I'll just say it like that there was there was a lot of stuff that I needed to work on so What I did was I got the information first. I started looking up the scriptures about what it was that I was dealing with. Um, Certain situations. I wanted to know what the Bible had to say about what situation I was in. So if I'm talking about depression, I know I'm depressed. Okay, well, let me see what the Bible has to say about depression. So I would read that. Outside of that, I would also get books from uh, trusted, you know, sources that I trust. Joyce Meyer, I love listening to her. Um, and, uh, Stephen Furtick, I like his teaching as well, too. Um, I just started looking for books that would supplement the things that I, I got in the Bible. Um, I also educated myself. This is a big thing. I also educated myself on PTSD. Um, and that was a big help because it tells me what I need to fight for, you know, what it is that I need to, to work on what, um, what is going to trigger me. Uh, things like that. So once I figured out what it was that I was dealing with, I
0: could take that back to the word and figure out how to work on it from there. So that- <laughs> I, love <that>. uh-huh. <laughs> I, I love that because it's such a strategic approach, mm-hmm. right? You're not running away from the problem. You're not right. just praying away the problem. Like you're looking at dead in the eyes and saying, Hey, mm-hmm. I see what this mountain is. I understand mm-hmm. how this mountain impacts me but I'm mm-hmm. going to use my strategies from the word because the word says if I tell it to move it gotta move and gotta so move. you're able to identify again identify what the issue is but then use the tools that you're you yeah. that you're learning and that you have through the word and through your relationship with God I think that's wonderful yeah yes yeah. so one thing I love about your podcast is that you're so candid and open about the total impact that trauma has on the entire family. And mm-hmm. so you mentioned, you know, having children and you and your husband have this, these diagnoses or these, what is the right way to say it? You both have a diagnosis. How mm-hmm. did that impact your children? Um, they saw everything. Yeah.
2: Um, and looking back, that's kind of scary <laughs> to yeah. think that, you know, they saw everything um, and, one thing i would say somebody told me years ago they said don't think that just because they're little they don't know what's going on mm-hmm. and they bought off the fact that you know they have meetings <laughs> their kids but it's a group of them so they have meetings about what we're doing <laughs> yeah. you know and um so that that was a big that was a big uh, you know light bulb moment for me and that was part of the reason why i knew i needed to get it you know get it together because What happens in childhood, a lot of that carries on to adulthood. So the things that you learn and the things that you see, you take that with you and that goes, that's reflected in your relationships that you have. And I knew I didn't want that. Um, The one thing I'm glad about my children, you know, they're they're all, uh, I say they're grown. They, (laughs) I got two boys out of the house and my daughter, she's getting ready to go to the Air Force. So uh, we got them, (laughs) got them out. Mm-hmm. um but they were they were little at the time you know and i'm I'm glad that taking them to church was kind of like an outlet um so they were able to interact with other people which is good so they weren't stuck in the house they were they were able to interact with other kids their age um and they were able to get the lessons about life and about um, you know, just being kids, <laughs> being Christian children, they mm-hmm. were able to get those lessons on their level level where they were they were able to understand it. One thing about the ministry uh, that I'm with now, uh, my leaders don't sugarcoat anything. You know, they they say it appropriately, <laughs> but right, they right. don't sugarcoat anything, and I think that helps to equip the children um, when it comes to dealing with certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I I think that. I think that the situation that they went through, it, it kind of matured them faster than they needed to be matured because they were exposed to things that they should not have been exposed to at a young age. Mm-hmm. But on the other end of that, they have um, what they learned at church and what they learned through the ministry to kind of say, okay, now I see the difference between what should be and what should not be. And they, they're rooted in God, which I love. Um, but um, they... Definitely know the impact life lesson. They they got that. <laughs> I, I talked to them and they tell me, "Oh no, when I get married, we're not doing that. We're, right? This this is not happening." Mm. You know. And there were times, and I, I talked about this in a podcast one time. There was one incident um, which sticks with me. And uh, they were they were teenagers. This was years ago, but they they were teenagers, young teenagers. But there was a time that. My husband and I had got into it and they had to come and stand in between them. They had to mm-hmm. separate. And it was the scariest. It was scary for me because I felt like I had put them in a place of danger. You know what I mean? And uh, And I only tell these stories now because we had worked through them. We've been delivered from them. Things are not like they were. So I tell it from a place of victory and from mm-hmm. a place of truthfulness. So, you know, because other people have been in this situation. Other people are going through it. And it's good to see somebody that is, has come out of it. Mm-hmm. So um, never in a place where I would shame, you know, my my husband or, or put any shame on him at all or myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the children had to act as the adults in that situation where they had to step in. And um, it, they really, <laughs> they really saved the day. Mm-hmm. They made him go to bed. They made me to go to bed in another place. And that was it. And there was peace in the house because of the children. So what the Bible say, and the child shall leave. Right.
0: <laughs> I had another interview and we were talking about building healthy families and how to cultivate mm-hmm. healthy relationships with your children. Um, and the guest was talking about just how important it is as parents to go back sometimes and just apologize. Like, hey, mm-hmm. you shouldn't yeah. have had to do that. And yeah. I apologize. And just having those real conversations with your children. And that's going to allow you to continue to have a a great relationship to where, you know, that trauma isn't something that is driving them, but it's Mm -hmm. something they have a lesson from and you guys are able to talk through it. So I I think that and I love your candidness, because especially as as black people, we always have this what happens in this house stays in this house Mm -hmm. mentality and that doesn't help anybody. Right, like, exactly. the Bible says we're saved by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony, testimony. and if it, nobody's talking about it, then how is that, how is that right. biblical, right? You're it's right. Mm-hmm. And I, I just love your candidness. Now, you talked about how you used the word to fight against what you were experiencing with your mental mm-hmm. health and everything. How did you use the word to restore your relationship with your husband? Hmm.
2: Um i I would start first with the example that I've had with my leaders. um i I found uh somebody, and of course, nobody's perfect. nobody has a 100 percent perfect relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I found was that I liked the way that they related to each other. I like the way, um, they they tended to each other because you could see that in church, and I was able to spend time with them outside of the church where mm-hmm. I was able to see that. So first I used that example first of my first lady. Um, and then I said, okay, <laughs> so once um I would say it it really wasn't like a conscious effort to say, okay, I'm gonna treat him better. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think what it was, like I said, once I got myself in line with the word. The word is all about relationships. Mm-hmm. Jesus' example was for us to, to know how things are supposed to be here on Earth, um, how we're supposed to treat each other. I actually had a moment where I stopped and I did a research. I did a um, kind of like a study on love, what love really means, what it means to walk in love. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just a homework assignment for myself, just a personal assignment. and. Um, That's when I found out, Okay, Jesus is our perfect example of love. And so I'm, you know, mark the perfect man. That's what the Bible says, mark the perfect man. So I'm looking um, at all these examples of the way that the interactions that Jesus had with people. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking at the definition of love, what it actually means. You know what the scripture says i think is it second corinthians don't get me wrong first Corinthians, one of them <laughs> but it, it talked about um <laughs> the definition of love i know it's chapter 13 i can't i don't know if it's first or second Corinthians. forgive me i Lord. can't remember okay. <laughs> I, know, I know what you're talking about yes yes but it gives the actual definition of love and to be honest love if you going by that definition it's not an easy thing yeah it is a constant choice it is a constant decision to do what is right by people. And so that's where I started. I would say, you know, that that would be where I started in just wanting to walk like Jesus.
0: This episode is brought to you by Rosetta Stone. I've been telling you guys that I'm planning a trip for my husband's milestone birthday that he has coming up. And as we choose which location we actually want to go to, I've been thinking a lot about learning a new language once we narrow it down. Because when I get there, I want to throw myself into the culture, into the language. And a part of that is learning exactly the language that they speak ahead of me getting there, right? Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning platform available on desktop or as an app, and that it truly immerses you in the language that you want to learn. I'm most excited about the track record of Rosetta Stone because, I mean, they've been trusted experts for 30 years. Millions of users in 25 languages offered. I mean, Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Japanese. Dutch, Arabic, Polish, they have fast language acquisition. So Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways. So no English translations. So you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language. They have an intuitive process so that you pick up language naturally, first with words, then with phrases, and then sentences. And overall, it's designed for long-term retention. They have speech recognition, so a built-in true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation. So it's like having a personal trainer for your accent. It's convenient. So again, those desktop and app options with audio companion and ability to download lessons offline. And best of all, amazing value. Lifetime membership has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's lifetime access to 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off a steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Blessed and Bossed Up listeners can give Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. Today. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. It's that season, y'all. And by season, I mean allergy season. I'm someone who has seasonal allergies and it's the worst. My nose gets stuffy. My throat gets scratchy. Sometimes I'll come on and want to record my podcast and sound like a grown man. But... Fast and Powerful Relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, I asked the Lord to let me start seeing things from his eyes, to start seeing people from his eyes because I wanted people's experience with me to point to him. And I wanted people to leave my presence feeling better just because of the way that i treated them or maybe the kind words that I've said to them. Mm-hmm. So my the improvement in my relationship came because I worked on myself mm-hmm. and <laughs> being a better person. Mm-hmm. And that helped. And, and, and he did the same. You know, that was maturity on his part where you know, we didn't say, OK, we're about to work on ourselves so we can be better for each other. We didn't say that. It was just like, OK, I'm going to be nice to you. I'm not going to get an attitude, you know, when you leave the towel on the floor. <laughs> well, I should say that him for me. He don't get an attitude when I leave the, the, the towel on the floor. You know, I'm not I'm not I'm not going to um, even though, you know, you may be on my nerves right now. I'm, I'm going to be careful about the words that I say, because I know that my words can change the atmosphere <laughs> of this house. Yeah. So it was it really was just about making better decisions of being a better
0: person and the way that I treat people. You know, well, the reason why I wanted to do this series about being uncompromising is because I feel that no matter what someone's journey is, the the foundation of being uncompromising is refusing to settle for less than what God has for you. And that's in whatever area. And what I love about your story is your commitment to continuing to study and seek the Lord, see what he's saying in his word, and then living it out. And I feel like so many people, it's, it's such a, it's tedious. It's not. Mm-hmm the most exciting thing that, you know, comes with all the uh, voice inflections and the organs and all of that. They yeah. going. But it's <laughs> the foundation of our faith. Like it's the root of truly being able to see the promises of God and those exciting testimonies that rile things up. Mm-hmm. What brings those about is the dedication and a commitment to his will and his way. Mm-hmm. And I, I love how you talked about realizing that you didn't have a relationship and then going to build that out so you mentioned uh, making sure that you were in the right place under the right leadership what are some other things that you did to really learn how to comprehend and understand the text in order to live it out all right so like i said
2: i i uh, did look at other books so um other books of arthur authors that i trusted Mm -hmm. um and that kind of gave me that kind of helped me with insight on it um for a long 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 time for years (laughs) i would say i did a lot of youtube um and again i would look at the subject whatever it is that i wanted to learn about and i would look at i would i would type in the search engine preaching about and then whatever the topic was so i would get um other people's you know opinions on on what it was that the word was saying about that situation. Um, But there was a time that the Lord spoke to me, and I know that sounds crazy to some people, uh, but you you, you do hear his spirit speaking to you. And I remember him telling me that um, there would be a time where nobody was gonna prophesy to me at church um, and that I wasn't gonna get anything out of these videos and out of the things that I was hearing. Because he wanted me to seek him for himself, for for myself, he wanted me to seek him for myself. Um, and sure enough, there was a time I was working the altar at church. Everybody in the church getting laid out, right? <laughs> I'm like, my turn is coming. Let me let me go help. Come on, sister, get up. You'll fix your wig. But <laughs> <laughs> so so I got there. And when I tell you they the, the uh, pastor laid hands on everybody in the church except for me. He mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so, okay. And I said, okay, I, I hear you, Lord. And then um, I started watching the videos, and I would lose interest. I started getting books, and and I couldn't complete them. I couldn't read them because I would lose interest. And again, the Spirit spoke to me and said, it's because I want you to search the Word. I want you, I want when when you're when you're doing that through YouTube, through you know other people, you're getting their revelation of me. Yep. But you're not getting it for yourself. And so that's when I really started, you know, trying trying to learn for myself, okay, what does the word say? Memorizing verses and stuff, you know, and I would hear these verses um, uh, at church and everything. And I, uh, you know, some stuff, you know, automatically because they say it at church all the time. But do mm-hmm. you know how it, do you know how to apply it to your life? Yeah. And so that's where I was, where I wanted to know, how do I apply this word to my life? Um, Bible study on uh you know we have our wednesday bible bible night study or midweek bible bible study and that became important for me to attend not just church on sunday but you know it says study to show yourself approved you mm-hmm. have to study you have to get in the word you have to find out um you know what what's in there for you in your situation um so that's that's not thing. you just have to keep it.
0: <laughs> I love that. And how did you balance? I get this question all the time. So I love mm-hmm. the opportunity to ask other people. How did you balance that with your role in your home as a wife, as a mom working and mm-hmm. all of that? How did you make sure that you prioritize this relationship with God that you're building? Uh, it, it is not easy. <laughs> balance.
2: I don't know. You you taught me that. Balance is not the word. <laughs> Mm -hmm. um but i wanted to make everything go in harmony yeah um so i i would say that um so as far as you know worship and things like that um i would find places in my day to worship i'm always i always have music going on i'm a music person totally i'm a music person so i always have some sort of uh, music going on so i can i can work and And worship at the same time, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so um, there was a time where i was I had my own business um before I started working, you know, in the corporate world. I, I actually had my own business, and it was it was doing I was catering. and uh, I was doing daily catering jobs. Mm-hmm. And what I would do is I would get up in the morning and start my cooking and all that I would start my day. But I would put on worship music in the background. Mm-hmm. And I'm still listening for God. I'm still, I just wanna be in your presence. But I'm gonna do it while I'm cooking this food. I'm gonna do it while I'm getting dressed. I'm gonna do it while I'm driving, you know, to work. Um, just staying in the present. Um, lunchtime, sometimes at lunch, I would use instead of eating, I would use that and just read what I could. I got 30 minutes. Okay, I'm gonna read, I'm gonna read this, mm-hmm. you know. Um and then all the time on YouTube, <laughs> YouTube, and and all of that, um, it got to a point like where the kids knew, okay, um, we, th- if we didn't go to church on Wednesday, they were upset because they knew that that was a part of, that was a part of our routine. So mm-hmm. um, they they got upset. So they kind of kept me accountable with that. Um, I would say the the key is just make it a part of find ways to make it a part of your everyday life. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bible apps that they have—they read the scriptures to you. Mm-hmm. Now, for me, that I—I I tried it. For me, it doesn't work because for me, when I'm reading scripture, I need to see the words so I can yes. really take it in. I can hear it, but it doesn't—it doesn't sink in for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just me. It, it, it works for for some people, um, but that's it. Just finding ways to make it, finding ways that work for you, to keep God in the forefront of your mind. That's that's my. Key.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm the same way with books. Even with audiobooks, I can't even read or listen to audiobooks. My brain just doesn't connect with it. I gotta feel the pages. And yeah. I can do like a um like an ebook or something on my tablet and read it. But mm-hmm. it, it's something about just having the the pages, seeing the text, especially yeah. with the Bible. I gotta see the commentary. I want to see the reference to where this was maybe prophesied about in the old testament like i need to see all of that and them reading it to me it just don't always don't always hit the same that's it that's it and oh i'm sorry go ahead go ahead (laughs) well i was just gonna say
2: another thing um that i like about seeing the words having it there in front of me um sometimes we miss things because maybe um we won't see the punctuation in it and a comma can change the entire meaning (laughs) you know of something one thing we learned about um there's a scripture that says um when this when uh the enemy comes in like a flood the spirit of the lord um you know and and it goes on it doesn't say well lift up a standard um but what happens is is that my pastor pointed out to me he said if you put it if you listen to it one way when the spirit when the when the enemy comes in like a flood if you put a comma there, um, like a flood, the spirit of the Lord. So it tells you, it puts more emphasis on the one part that like a flood is the spirit of the Lord that's going to come through for you. And not, and not yeah. necessarily the enemy coming in like a flood. Mm-hmm. So it just changed the
0: whole meaning. Of it. But yeah, that's, that's good. It. <laughs> really good point. I like that. Can you talk a bit about finding a church home? Because Especially with COVID, so many of us, we spent a lot of time online, especially when Mm -hmm. the churches were closed. We were Mm -hmm. watching sermons online. Many of us are part of online churches. I personally think that it's so important to have a community and a space and a building that you Mm -hmm. can go into and have leaders that you're accountable to, that are resources Mm -hmm. for you. I love that, you know, with our leadership, they, um, were our premarital counselors. Mm-hmm. And if my husband's getting on my nerves and we're not seeing eye to eye, I know I could call and be like, hey, can we talk? Like, can we set up a session and we can sit down with them and have a conversation? Or, hey, God is doing this in my life and I'm struggling with it and I'm studying, but it, I feel like I'm missing something. Can we talk about it? Just having those people in that community to be able to go to, I think is so important. And yes, that can happen outside of a church. So when I'm saying church, I'm talking about a a faith-based community in a place that you can worship with other individuals. Um, Can you talk a bit about that? Because we have these online mega churches and all Mm -hmm. of that. But a lot of these places, it's a lot of pomp and circumstance and the Holy Spirit ain't nowhere up in there. (laughs) Can you talk a bit about uh, finding a church home and how to identify to know, like, okay, this is the place for me, my family? Yes, yes,
2: definitely. So um, uh, I found my church. (laughs) This is so crazy. I found my church. Um basically I went there because there were some people that I knew that were there. And I was like I just want to go in and say hi to them. I just wanted <laughs> to make an appearance <laughs> and say hi to people that I hadn't seen in a long time. <laughs> so um we had actually it was a Super Bowl party. We had a Super Bowl party. Um you know my 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 husband and I we had a Super Bowl party mm-hmm. and we were kind of new to the area. And um, in the military, military is a small community. that's everybody knows somebody else? But anyway, um, some people had came in and they were like, "Oh yeah, we were we were at church. So we like we were at church." And I'm like, "What church are you going to on Super Bowl Sunday? Like, who <laughs> does that?" And so, so um, they told me where they were going, and that's when I realized, "Oh, there's some people there that I know." So I'm gonna go and stop by and make an appearance. I'm gonna say, "Hey y'all," and mm-hmm. uh, you know, show my face. And I went there that Sunday and this would be, I was a lukewarm Christian. I will say that I went there um, that Sunday and I enjoyed the service. And I, um, at the end of the service, uh, the pastor came up to me and he said, can I pray for you? And I said, okay. (laughs) So he prayed for me. And one thing that he spoke, he called out uh, the spirit of depression on me. And wow. I had no idea. And like I was saying at the beginning, I knew that something was wrong, but I didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. He called out exactly what it was. And I said, OK, OK, I, now that I know I, I like this, I like the place. And another thing, the first lady, um, one thing I noticed about her is it's, it's like a power. I've never seen a woman um, walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, it was it was new for me. It was I, I hadn't seen that before. And I was like, oh, my God, I want that. <laughs> I want to do that. And it was all she she was she was a worship leader. Um, She still is. She's the worship leader. But um, it was just the fact that I've never seen anybody moving in it. I didn't know about the Holy Ghost. I knew about the Holy Ghost, but I hadn't experienced the Holy Ghost and it was like they they were so cool to the fact i was like man i want what they have over here so that was my introduction to it um i was a member at another church and <laughs> at the other church i went in i never went to church on wednesday at all i went to the other church and i'm gonna make this short i'm sorry i went to the other mm-hmm. church and um it was a wednesday night my kids they were still little we went to the church um Somebody asked me to do something in the kitchen. I just remember I was like really bored, I was really bored. <laughs> Somebody asked me to go do something in the kitchen for them, you know, at the church. And I said, OK. So I went I went into the kitchen and I was like, y'all know what? We about to go over to the other church. <laughs> so I told the kids, I say, y'all, come on. We're going. So we're running out the parking lot. We ran out the door running in the parking lot. And we um ended up going to the other church. Now that's terrible. I apologize to the people at the other <laughs> church. I'm sorry, whatever it was y'all needed done in the kitchen did not get done, but I was following the Holy <laughs> Ghost to my new place of worship. <laughs> so so yeah, so um that's when I became an actual member there at the church. Um now your question was <laughs> you wanted me to talk about just uh the importance of having having faith
0: having uh, just how someone knows that this is the, the place for me once they go into a place of worship right once i started going there i actually
2: really started feeling a pull i just felt a pull where i needed to be there and that actually happened a little bit before you know i went there i felt a pull that i needed to be in church and when i realized that that was the church for me um i started going and i just kept going regularly and i kept going um and and it's revealed to you as you go. That was the important thing. I had to keep going. Mm -hmm. I also served, um, and I'm on the praise team now with the church, but I started out with the praise team because I've always sang in the choir. I've always been on a praise team. So I came in and I was ready to serve and they put me on the praise team right away. But I would say that is the biggest thing for me is that being on that praise team, it kept me accountable Mm -hmm. because I had to be there at church. I had to serve. And so because of that, that helped to build my faith to know, okay, this is where I'm supposed to be. I'm being fed yeah. here. Mm-hmm. I'm learning so much. <laughs> and that's that's mm-hmm. the big thing. Are you learning? Can you grow? Um, and that's where it was. And my pastor talks about superheroes. If you can take the word and take superheroes and make it apply, <laughs> this, <laughs> what? this is a place for me. If you oh. can take Iron Man and the Hulk and Batman in <laughs> them and make it make sense and and I understand what you're saying in the word. It's the perfect <laughs> way. So I just knew I was at home.
0: <laughs> that is funny. So we talked a lot um, about the applying the word, growing in faith, and, mm-hmm. and just trauma and how God has just allowed you to use the word to navigate mm-hmm. through. Talk to us about how you're now taking everything you're learning and applying and talking about it on your podcast. Oh yes, yes. Um. So I.
2: Years ago, but about two years ago, um, I started my journey to being a coach, a life coach. Um, I started out wanting to do something else, and eventually, the path led me to talking about PTSD um, as a spouse um, and helping your 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 spouse through that PTSD. And um, I know that was led by the Lord. There was nothing but God telling me, you know, this is the direction that you need to go in. Um, I think it was no one particular moment where I said I knew that this would be it for me. Um, It's just, I just kept going, (laughs) you know, I just just kept walking in it. I knew he wanted me to do something. Um, I had to take a period where I sat down and actually did nothing but learn, but glean uh, study and, 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 just finding out about it. Um, mm-hmm. it is important for me to, uh, help women with this. And and I say when there's, there's men that deal with PTSD with their wife as well. Um, but it was important to me, um, because I knew the effect that my faith had on my journey in dealing with PTSD and myself and dealing with him as, you know, my spouse that had PTSD again, The Bible is all about relationship. This world, this life that we live in is all about relationships and how we connect with each other, how we treat each other. Um, And so my faith happens to be (laughs) the center, Mm -hmm. you know, of that and me learning how to treat people, how I'm supposed to treat him. And so that's pretty much, you know, what it boils down to. You have to put that faith in the center. And what was your question? I'm
0: sorry. (laughs) What are some things that you discuss on the podcast? And and what do you want people to walk away from after listening or walk away with after listening?
2: Yeah, I try to, I try, like you say, I try to be transparent. I try to be open. Um, And I want to talk about everything that relates to yourself, because really, it's all about getting yourself right. And then you can deal with everything else. That's the biggest thing I wanted to talk about. Um, uh, and I want them to walk away knowing that you know you're in a storm right now, but the storm eventually clears away and the sun does come back out. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. um, you have to have an anchor, um, and I want them to know the Lord as that anchor. I want them to know the value in the word, Mm -hmm. um, because of everything you can find yourself in the word. That's the biggest lesson I've learned. You can find yourself no matter what situation you're in. You can find that situation, somebody that went through it in the word. And the word can tell you how you can bring yourself out, how you can rely on God to bring to help to bring you out, you know, and um, the word gives strategy. You can find all kind of strategy in the word.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: but that's the biggest thing I want people to come away is that away with is that there is um, number one, that they are not alone um that there's somebody else that is going through it they say in a storm you either got somebody that's entering into it somebody that's walking through it or somebody that has come out of it so you're never alone because somebody always <laughs> you know there's somebody there that you're going to be able to like. um and i want them to know the rock <laughs> that that keeps you uh steady um and mm-hmm. then besides that i would say um you know, I want them to be educated on the things that can happen. That's why I want to be open and transparent. I want you to be educated on the things that can happen in your relationship, how that can affect you, you know, mm-hmm. the, the effect that it can have on you in, in your personal being and in your relationship.
0: Yeah. And and I love, you know, we've talked about trauma generally here mm-hmm. um, on your podcast. You just go into so much depth for Mm -hmm. military families in particular, being a military Mm -hmm. spouse, having military kids, teaching them about God, teaching them about Mm -hmm. uh, PTSD, learning about these things and successfully navigating that as a family. So I love that your show is also a resource specifically for Mm -hmm. military families to be able to grow. And you also have a book that is a great resource. So talk to us about the PTSD (laughs) Wives Handbook. Yeah, I'm just so happy to have it right here.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But yes, it's the PTSD Wise Handbook. and it's called uh, Her Guide to Inner Peace, Self-Love and Personal Strength. And that's exactly what it is that we're looking for. That's what it boils down to. Um, I would say, don't pray and ask God to change your spouse. Ask God to change you for your situation. Um, And that's exactly what it is that I have found on this journey. Is that I had to change myself, and in order to get, you know, peace and calm in the storm, I had to, I had to look for it within within myself, within the Lord, within the Word. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I wrote this book again because I wanted to know that uh, I wanted women to know that somebody understands, somebody has been through it, um, and I go into detail about trauma. Um, and the effects that trauma can have on a person, Um, and especially as a wife, how you can experience trauma just dealing with (laughs) trying to help your uh, your husband or trying to help your your spouse. Um, And that's what the whole book is about. And it's pointing you, of course, All roads Lead to God, so it's pointing you back to God. And it's giving you some tips on things that you can do, some natural things that you can do um, besides just praying about it. You know, it, it it tells you some things to have have ready. Um, you can prepare yourself. You can take the mold off of yourself, um, take the stress off. Um, so that's all in this book.
0: Yes. And those of you guys who are listening, if you want to learn more about the podcast, it's called Marriage, Motherhood and PTSD. We'll put the link in the show notes. And you also can download a, a free sample of the book, the PTSD Wives Handbook. And we'll make sure that the link to that is in the show notes as well. Leah, thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate you. And I'm so excited for the women who are going to be blessed by this conversation and everything that you're doing on your show and through your services and all of those things. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast. And I'll talk to you next week.
1: school grades and new school hits prime video find your happy place restrictions apply see amazon.com amazon prime for details